Welcome to the Biblical Eldership Podcast, having some fun with some podcast equipment. Mm. Here with my f- good friend, Matt Bowen, church yes. planner at Lakewood Bible Chapel. Good to have you with us, Thank Matt. You. Good to be here. We're talking about preaching. We're talking about what is expositional preaching? Uh, am I called to preach? How do I know? Uh, we looked at uh, what is applicational exposition, really the need for application in preaching but today we want to talk about illustrations yes very important to extremely have illustrations. important yes. one of my favorite illustrations is given by the prince of preachers charles spurgeon and uh, in his book which by the way is very good lectures to my oh, students my favorite students one of the best yeah. such yes. a good book on preaching but in that book, he, I, I forget the name of the chapter, it might have just been called Illustrations, but he compared illustrations in a sermon to windows in a house. Now, here's what he says, and it's such a great metaphor. He says, a house must not have thick walls without openings, neither must a discourse be all made up of solid slabs of doctrine without a window of comparison or a lattice of poetry. Mm. If so, our hearers will gradually forsake us and prefer to stay at home and read their favorite authors. So true. Amen. I mean, that's just hearty, a hearty round of applause yes. for Charles Spurgeon. Yes. Now, I love that though. A house isn't made of all windows. It'd crumble. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> it's not made of all structure. How right. boring that would be. But a good sermon is both. It's it's a it's got a skeleton it's got an outline it's got a structure uh there are slabs of doctrine and then there are windows there's organization and there's art yeah. uh, and i think that is such a great uh thing to keep in mind people need both i think they some do. preachers feel like if they've got too much illustration too many uh in too much application, they're kind of cheating their people and not giving them enough meat. Yeah, but it's it's not an either or. We need both. Yeah, I would agree. There's it's a fine balance. It, it's a balance, and unfortunately, <clears throat> you know, we have gotten on that uh, mindset of well, you know, I, I'm going to be more more Bible, less illustration, more deep theology, less illustration. But I can just tell you. I can notice. I can notice people's heads come totally. Up. You just gonna that? say that. I'm just gonna when say when you're it. preaching. Yeah, people wake up. They they look up. You have some that are just tiled in the whole time. Uh, those are the faves. No. <laughs> right, right. But no, it's honestly, it's you can see some people when you say, you know, back in Reagan's administration or something, <laughs> they their heads pop up. They just love. They Ronald love Reagan. Reagan. You say Reagan, that's an instant head up. No, but anything. Uh, back right. in 1684. It's, it's the story. They love, you yeah. give me a story. I, I noticed that too. You got some sleepers, yeah. which yeah. drives me crazy. Yeah. It is what it is. Is that session 10? I don't know. We, we should, should have a whole it. session yeah. on people who sleep during right. sermons. But no, it's like uh, you totally can tell they wake up. They're suddenly interested. They're engaged. And they can almost breathe. I know when when I was first preaching, the, the yeah. criticism was I would talk so fast, go <sighs> just going a million miles a minute. And Alex would say to me, David, it's like we can't breathe for 45 minutes. <laughs> yeah. Like it's, you know, you're just, it's a machine gun. Yep. And uh, people can't, most people can't keep up with that or they can't, yeah. it's it's like it's too much information. Yeah. It's, it's coming too fast. <clears throat> yep. And so a story 
just causes everyone to take a sigh of relief, yeah. to breathe, and uh, and it's enjoyable. It makes the sermon enjoyable. Not to mention, it it helps communicate the Word of God in a fresh and exciting way, yep. in a helpful way. Yeah, it is helpful. I remember I had the same criticism. I would go so fast, and I could feel myself going fast up there. It was like the Micro Machines guy. I'd come down, and the, the <laughs> elders, they would say, uh, it's like drinking through a fire hose here. It's like we can't. We can't comprehend that fast. And it's not saying that I was, you know, spitting right. such knowledge on him. It was just that I was going so fast and right. there was no breakup because I had it in my mind that somehow more Bible, more, you know, of that commentary, like, you know, ramming it into him is better than, you know, having a little bit of breakup, a little window. Like mm-hmm. Spurgeon said, I love that quote. It's so good. I'd find balance is, is really the key, though. I think you can overdo it. Right. Speaking of speed, and I know we're not talking about speed, but I think of uh, Eric Alexander, the great oh, yeah. Scottish preacher. Yeah. Such a great voice. I love his voice. I'm so jealous He's of it. He's Scots. It's like a unique gifting. Yeah. Uh, but no, he would talk. He talks actually quite slow. Yeah. And if you ever listen to him, you should listen to Eric Alexander if you've not listened to Eric Alexander. He's yeah. an absolute marvel of a preacher. But, but it, it makes me, th- it's like you listen to him and you, you can totally track with him and yeah. uh, hear what he's saying. Now, obviously, if some people do that, it would just, you'd fall asleep and it'd be <laughs> yeah. too boring. Right. Maybe that's why we have to compensate by yeah, going so fast. So. But right. these Scots have a special gift. But listen to some of these words from our Lord uh, and just his, his own use of illustrations or similes he would use descriptions like the kingdom of heaven is like Mm -hmm. a man who sowed good seed in his field a mustard seed yeast that a woman took and mixed into about 60 pounds of flour treasure hidden in a field a merchant looking for fine pearls a net that was let down at the lake a king who prepared a wedding banquet for his son I mean, we remember these things. Uh, Jesus was the master illustrator. That's right. And I would say, I don't know if you'd agree with this, but 99%, 100% of every preacher I've ever listened to, I would take more illustrations, not less. Yeah. I don't think people are bummed out when when we give them a good illustration, even yeah. if it's one they've heard before. Yeah, I think if it fits, if it fits the text and it, it bolsters the point that you're making and it kind of solidifies what you've been saying. It's extremely helpful. And you're right. Jesus was a great example of that. You are the salt of the earth. Uh, you are the light of the world. Uh, said, look at the birds of the air. He said, look at the lilies of the field. I mean, he was constantly giving right. people word pictures. Right. Look around. Like it's not just, um, it's not just like walking into a, a lecture. Right. We want to right. tell these folks, look around. Right. Like this is a, uh, and I think it can be very helpful to, you know, even the folks that we talked about earlier. Right. The, the mom who was up all night, um, the guy who had a, a rough week at the office. You know, a little bit, of, even a little, it brings a little bit of a, you can exhale a little bit. Right. Yeah, expositional <clears throat> preaching isn't synonymous with exegetical preaching. In other words, it's not just a running commentary of Greek tenses and Hebrew words and Right. Uh, it's not just a, a study in that sense. It's you're exposing the text, but you, your illustrations is part of expository preaching. Yeah. So I think of the question, what makes for a good illustration or what should an illustration avoid? Here's a couple of thoughts. I'd say as a general rule, 
Never use an illustration where you're the hero of the story. <laughs> That's right. Or the story. Yeah. Uh, or where other people are humiliated. Yeah. They, right? We want to avoid those. Yeah. Uh, and I'll say this about personal stories. Personal stories can be helpful. Yeah. But they can be overdone. Yeah. Lloyd-Jones, who we both love, uh, he actually made it a point to hardly ever bring in personal stories because really his his conviction was uh, this is not about me in any yeah. way, shape, or form. This is about the Word of God. I love that. I don't necessarily think it's wrong to use personal illustrations, but it certainly could be overdone. And if you look at most preaching in America today, it's far and away. It's like a yeah. monologue of personal stories. Totally. So we should balance it by saying that. Yeah. Uh, but illustrations should be self-explanatory. They should fit the passage, right? It shouldn't yep. just be a random story okay. that has nothing to do yeah. with the uh, with the passage. Even though, I mean, if you were to tell a bunch of random stories that didn't connect to the passage and no one knew it but you, you would still ha- probably have a bunch of people that would be like, wow, that was oh, a really great. engaging sermon today. <laughs> and yeah. uh so there's, it shows the power of illustrations. Sure. They're so powerful yeah. that people can enjoy it and not ever connect it to the passage. So it's got to be connected uh, to the, to the to scriptures. Yeah. Otherwise, you're, you're just up there entertaining. That's right. No, it's like a quote as well. That's another, I would say a quote is another example of that. Um, right. It's relevant to the text. It, it bolsters the point you're trying to make. It's, it, it could be a window, maybe a smaller window, but a window. And uh, it gives people an opportunity to breathe a little bit. Right. And I think it's helpful. All right. Where do we find some good illustrations? Yeah, there's, you know, I mentioned in the last podcast, uh, listening to other preachers, Mm -hmm. you know, certainly give credit if they tell a story. You don't want to say, you know, if I (laughs) preach at Lakewood next week and I say, you know, when Lana, Lee and I were down. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, we got to talk about that. Um, So you've got to give credit. You know, S. Lewis Johnson told the story in 1978 about other preachers. They have whole, you know, books on illustration. Right. So and so tells the story. Everywhere. No, I mean, your own life, uh, books, newspapers, uh, biographies. Yeah, news. Carl Bart once said that Christians should go through life with a Bible, one hand on the Bible and the other hand on a newspaper. Uh, We need to be we need to know what's going on in world news. Christians are global people. We need to be we have a global gospel. Um, Blogs online, but but thinking through, and this is one of the advantages of preparing a sermon early, is you have time to percolate and yes. think about illustrations. Uh, you mentioned, I think, sermons or just listening to good preachers. A lot of times they'll tell one or two good stories, and sometimes you can use those. Uh, obviously, like you mentioned, giving credit. Uh, preaching commentaries, same thing. Uh, preaching today, I think there's good illustrations there a lot of times you have i mean maybe 90 percent of them are worthless but you can find some good illustrations online uh any other thoughts on illustrations yeah i think uh one thing you said there just uh, struck me um letting it percolate the text so this is why it's important to as soon as you get that text and whether this is you preach every week or you preach once a month or you you know a couple times a year as soon as you get that assigned text, start digging into it. Start reading it, rereading it, reading other mm-hmm. translations. 
Because you'll notice throughout the week and throughout the month or however often, you'll, your mind will start to think about that text and illustrations come pretty naturally. Even if you're listening to other sermons, mm-hmm. you start to hear something and you think, wow, that's really applicable to totally. my text. So totally. that's a good point. Yeah, good. Thanks, Matt. Thank you. Biblical Eldership Resources is committed to equipping church elders to help them be effective, godly leaders of the church. Please consider donating to the ministry so that we can continue to provide essential eldership resources for church elders around the world. To donate, go to biblicaleldership.com.